Hey, girls. Hey. It's the episode, series of episodes, really, that you've probably been waiting for. The girls have been absolutely FATM. Foaming at the mouth. Foaming at the mouth. Read this. And this is our, at this point, annual... Annual. Our, annual. It's our, but we're, we're rebranding it, and this year we're calling it Rat Wrapped. So, this is, welcome to Rat Wrapped. And we are going to this episode, this part one. Technically, it's the second one we recorded, because yeah, we, so need we, we need a little more mental energy for the album one. It was a yeah. little bit more of a richer conversation, a little more fun, a little more freewheeling. Yeah, this is... As we've been known to say, this is Lucy Goose in the booth. We each have a brewski. Yep. I'm drinking a cider. You are drinking a beer. I'm drinking a beer. We're kind of doing gender a little bit right now. We are doing gender. For me to be drinking a cider and for you to be drinking a beer is very unusual. It's very gender. Yeah. I am, although I will say that clothing-wise, we're doing gender in the opposite way. Sam is in a shirt that says... It's a shirt that has Taylor Swift's cats on it. I didn't know that. Wait, um, why do you own that? It's a long story. Okay. Um, and then I'm wearing a pink button-up over that and high-waisted jeans. And then Elon is wearing simply sweatpants I'm, and a sweatshirt. And I'm also, like, completely man-spreading. Like, completely. my arm is in my crotch. Yeah. I, we, fi- um, we filmed, because this is a visual <laughs> medium now. We recorded the album's episode, which will be coming out very shortly after you hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in a robe the entire time because I was doing laundry. laundry. So now I'm in clean laundry. My A-team is back. I can wear my like fun yellow sweatpants and my favorite green sweatshirt. <laughs> um, we're ready to record. So, Sam, let's, let's explain how this is going to go. Totally. So we have each crafted a list of our top 10 songs of the year. We are completely in the dark about each other's lists. It will be a very sort of fun discovery for us. Last year, we successfully did not have any overlap. I have a feeling that we will have some overlap this time. If that is true, we will sort of wait until whoever has it higher in their list. And then we will And then we will discuss, discuss. it. Also disclaimer, it's ultimately too much work for us to try to like put in clips of every song that we talk about. So what we're going to do is put out a playlist of each of the songs in in the order that we talk about them so that if you want you could listen along or you could listen to it all after or whatever you want to do because i understand that it's probably like not that fun to hear two people talk about songs that maybe you don't know yeah yeah should we get into it oh yes let's we're gonna get into it but before we get into it we do want to sort of make a little disclaimer there was a song that came out on december 25th 2020 A.K.A. Christmas Day. And it was a gift. It, it was a gift. And that song was Good Days by SZA. And here's the thing. It's the song of the year. like Undoubtedly. Un- it, it is, for both of us, we knew it the second that it came out, that this song t- took over our whole fucking lives. And it has stayed that way. However, we, Ilana and Sam, are being purists when it comes to this list. So... Because Good Days came out in 2020, it will not be on either of our lists. We, we made this decision, one, because we're purists and we're annoying and we didn't want to put a song that came out in 2020 out on, the, on our 2021 list. But also, it would have been kind of boring for us both to like kind of go in knowing already what the top song of our year would be. Because ultimately, Good Days is better than any song that we are going to talk about on this list. I agree. Me yeah, too. totally. I mean, like... The production is beautiful. She sounds amazing. I'm worried that I wasted the best of me on you, babe. You don't care. Yeah. Find me a better lyric than that. Literally. Yeah. So, thank you, SZA. SZA, we forgive you. SZA, (laughs) please release more music. SZA, you made the best song of the year. No question. Yeah, no question. All right. With that being said, we're going to start at number 10 and then work our way up going back and forth. Do you want to start? I can kick us off. Yay. So the number 10, which is my award for (laughs) maybe going with the song that I felt had cultural attachment, I chose Montero by Lil Nas X. And that's not to say that I only chose it because of that. I chose, I had written down on my list either this or Industry Baby, speaking of Jack Harlow. Mm -hmm. And I ultimately think that if I was to sit down and listen to a song, Industry Baby might be the song that I pick. But this song was so important to this year totally. for everybody. 
for starters, I like am open about the fact that I did not think Lil Nas X was going to make good music after Old Town Road. Love him. Wanted him to stay a celebrity. Think he's super charismatic and great. But this song is incredible. Yeah. And more than that, this was like the year of Lil Nas X and the way that he brought his queerness to the forefront of his music and his like aesthetic and everything. And he managed to make like a couple of really good songs the album montero itself i feel like a little lukewarm on but there are mm. like hits on it this being one of them yeah and this video oh my God. is just like actually legitimately boundary breaking and you and i have talked about this with him before of like there really aren't that many artists who are legitimately pushing like the envelope or like the overton window of what is acceptable yeah but he has managed he yeah he's making like music that's like explicitly about queerness and queer sex yeah and putting that in his videos and it has this like broad appeal like i was saying how i've like been watching a little more college football this year than i have in years past and you can hear the marching bands are doing the 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 horn part to Mm -hmm. industry baby because it's like a perfect marching band song yeah but even just that like having these like the most masculine environment you could think of like right a, a southern college football stadium right playing the horn part to Lil Nas X, who's this, like, very queer, very openly queer black man. It's great. And I love yeah. this song. It is so good. Yeah. I completely agree on everything. I, I like Industry Baby more, but, like, this was the one that, like, lit the match. Totally. So my number 10, a little bit of a different vibe, is Paranoia Purple by Yeba. This song is so fucking sad, dude. It's so sad. So... For those who don't know, Yeba put out an album. It's about coping with her mother's suicide and also just, like, loss in general. Um, but this song is explicitly about her mom. And it is... why So it's just, like, an acoustic guitar and her singing very softly over it. And in the first verse, it's from her perspective. And then where it gets really sad is in the second verse, she sort of, like, takes on her mom's perspective. And it's... That second verse is just, like heartbreaking and it's like not even it's not even that like lyrically complex or anything it's just like almost like a lullaby and it's about like being okay when I'm gone sort of like vibe and then at the end it descends into this like super long outro of like her layering her voice over over itself just doing all these beautiful little like lines that come in and out and then at the very end, it's a voicemail from her mom just being like, love you, miss you. Oof. And it's just like so effective, like elicits emotion in just the way that it's delivered. And and it's like it's a perfect ending to that album. And it was it like completely captures like what I thought was like really good about the Yabba album and just like what Yabba is good at. And you will talk more about that on the album's episode a little bit because you talk about that album, but not yeah. to spoil anything. Not to spoil, but yeah, it's just it's just like a beautiful song that like stood out in a big way from that album. Nice. Yeah. Definitely a change of pace. Definitely a change of pace. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Um. So changing pace again. My number nine song. I'm giving the I was wrong award. Um, for being wrong. And it's okay, is this I on have, your list? I have this higher. Okay, great. So that we're is my number skip. nine, and we're gonna skip that. But just know it's coming. It's coming. Okay, my number nine is bopcity.com Kiss Me More by Doja Cat featuring SZA. I was kind of relying on you to have this on your list yeah. because it just kind of fell out of yeah, the cut it, for no, me. Totally. But I agree, and I'm thrilled we're gonna get to talk about it. Yeah, so, like, this song is just, like, so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, there's not even, like, that much to talk about with it. Like, it's just, like, so catchy and, like, so fun. And, like, the first probably, like, 20 times I listened to it, I never listened to it on purpose. Like, I I never, like, hewed it up. Just someone else was playing it or it was, like, in a store or whatever. And then, like, I realized that I knew every word. And then I started listening to it, like, on purpose. Also a huge TikTok song that right. also, like, developed this, like, weird meme of 
there's like a little ding. ding in the song and there's like the straight version of TikTok where you like snap your fingers and change outfits but then the gay version where you like do a limp wrist which is very funny. <laughs> that is very funny. Um I also think the song is amazing. Yeah, it's just like crazy that it was like it was truly everywhere and I'm still not tired of it. Like I don't feel like it was overexposed at all. Yeah. But no, it was everywhere. Yeah. And I also feel like Dojo's been kind of, like, having a little bit of a year. She is, like... I could, like, talk forever about Doja Cat. I think she is it. She is the most well-rounded pop person of this sort of, like, generation. She is an incredible performer. She has such a good understanding of, like, crafting catchy pop music that is also, like, good. She, like, does what she wants. She's, like an incredible dancer, singer. She, like, came up traditionally in rap. So she is, like, has the background in rap to, like, hold her own there. I just, I think she is, like, so fucking good. Yeah. She had that performance at the very beginning of the year where she was, like, referencing Chicago. Mm. Yep. Like, she, she, she really is, like, so talented. It's crazy. And this song is so good. Yeah. I'm really hoping that she wins a Grammy for this. And I will be sad if she doesn't because yeah. she deserves that. I'd be happy with that. Cool. Okay. My number eight, which I, I'm going to guess is probably not on your list, is I Know You're Wrong by Another Michael. You're right that that's not on my list. Yeah. But so I love that song. this was a very, very big record for me this year. I love it. I got it on vinyl. And it was sort of hard to pick like a standout song because the album itself was like one that I kind of listened to top to bottom whenever I had it on. Mm-hmm. But this was the song that when I like just look back on if I was going to kind of pick one or what was stuck in my head, what I picked, it kind of like goes in a couple of different emotional places, but it stays in a pretty like easy to capture thing it's like a two minute long song mm-hmm. it's the first song on the album that i think like gets a little bit up tempo so i kind of like feel like it's like when you're really settling into the album and also the little no is that at the very end there's like this like kind of sung part that is like with all the instruments out there just goes albany is overdue for yeah. snow and i'm from albany new york and there's very little music that references albany so i have a little bit of nostalgia for it but yeah. i would really recommend everyone listen to this whole album not just this song but if you like this song you will absolutely like the whole album yeah this is my favorite song on the album as well i think cool yeah, there really isn't much to say. So just, sweet. Yeah, and um, again, if you're interested in hearing more, we talk about it in the album episode, but this is just a really solid, just a just a beautiful and easy to listen to indie rock record, and every single person who I've turned on to it has really, really liked it. I love that. Yeah. What about you? So my number eight is... Do you have that higher? I do have that higher. Hell so yeah, we'll just talk about it later. Absolutely buckle in. Can't wait. Yeah, I know. I'm practically F-A-T-F. <laughs> number seven... And I know that this is going to be a little controversial for you. For me. But it is Deja Vu. Okay. By Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. I had to, like, look into my heart. <laughs> um, and I have to say that my first note on this is I understand that driver's license is the responsible choice here. <laughs> if, we're, right. if we're talking about picking specific songs, even though Deja Vu was a single... But I'm here to make the case for why Deja Vu is the best song on this album. Oh my god, I'm, and ready, I'm the, ready to hear the your best case. the best song in in the Olivia Rodrigo story. Okay. So Driver's License is the big blow up song. Yep. Great song, love it. And so I think if you're trying to talk about songs that sort of represented the year in music, I do think Driver's License is probably a better option. It was a bigger song than any of the other songs, even though this album was huge. Yep. And then skipping over Deja Vu's release going into Good For You, which I think would kind of be the other option, is that Good For You was really cool. A, I mean, it's an amazing song, but it also was just this, like, sort of surprise Mm -hmm. left turn. There was something just, like, I I think there was, like, this inertia about it that Mm -hmm. was, like, so cool to see her do this guitar stuff that no one saw coming. And so people have a lot of affection for it. And it also just has, like, probably the most, like, nostalgic sound. Yeah. But Deja Vu was, A, the song that I heard, and I was like, she's going to be a star. Because I think that with Driver's License, it was possible that it could have just been, like, a flash in the pan. I wasn't expecting it to be necessarily, but... but you never know. You never know. And I think that this is just, like, a truly perfect pop song. Like, Mm -hmm. on every single level. It's, It's incredibly catchy. 
it has the big like cruel summer chorus with the shouting um but i also think it is the song that gets to me like the best parts of the writing on this album because it has all of these little moments like the watching reruns of glee Mm -hmm. the strawberry ice cream in malibu and then my favorite line on the whole album which is i bet you she knows billy joel because you played her uptown girl which i think is an incredible little dig and then also right after when she says i bet you even tell her that you love her in between the chorus and the verse i i just i just think it's perfect and i it was like for me, what made me realize, like, oh, Olivia Rodrigo's here to stay. Sure. So that's my, that's my case. Yeah, I, I, I don't agree, but I, I, I do like Deja Vu. I want to say that. It for me, it's, it was, it's just like, far and away, my least favorite of the three singles. Sure. But I like don't disagree with anything that you just said. Okay. That's okay. We can. What's amazing about this is that we're both right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's what's amazing. Okay, so my number seven is Happier Than Ever. Okay, great. So let's, let's talk get about, into let's it. Let's fucking talk about Happier Than Ever. Can I put myself on the defense um, for a second? <laughs> sure, because sure. I actually feel like I have another case I need to plead. That you don't hate Billie Eilish. That I don't hate Billie Eilish, and I never said that I hated well, Billie Eilish. Well, of course you never said that you hated Billie Eilish, but... but there, So there's this whole thing where, like, everybody in my life is like, Oh my god, Ilana, you like Billie Eilish because I thought you hated Billie Eilish. I never hated Billie Eilish... <laughs> My issues with Billie Eilish have not gone away. I feel like the the things that I did not like about her music were essentially that it felt like it was doing sort of these production stunts to mask music that to me felt kind of like emotionally absent and not particularly well written mm-hmm. to make it seem super creative when they were all like for the most part like pretty standard pop songs. Sure. And... I feel like with this song, and also this album that I do like better than um, her debut, Mm -hmm. I I think that it sort of gets to all of the things that I had problems with about her. Yeah. I think that this song teaches you something about her, right? Yes. I think that there is lines in it that, to me, make me feel something. Like, the one that we always talk about is, you were my everything and all that you did was make me fucking sad. Yeah. And you look at a song like Bad Guy, which was, like, her biggest hit ever. And the thing with Bad Guy is, like, Bad Guy's not a song you can, like, sing really along to. Yeah. There's no words in the chorus. <laughs> and sure, like, that is, like, creative and cool. And I'm not necessarily saying that, like, it is bad to do that. But if you just, like, think about her big hits and, like, the listenability of them, like, this is a song that I shout with my friends. Yes, this is a huge song for the singing along with the girlies community. I like listened to this. My my friend was dropping me off on the way back from a Phoebe Bridgers concert and we just sat in the car and like screamed this out loud with each other. It makes me feel like I'm in high school in like the best way. Yeah. I think that like again, the problems I had with Billie Eilish were not about her talent or ability to make good music. It was just kind of like about the music that she was making. And I think that this is her best song. I agree. I think it shows more range. I think it, su- it surprised me, at least. Yeah, because the first time I listened to this album, I had it on in the background. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, super listening to it. And I literally thought the album had finished and had gone on to shuffle something else. Because I was like, who is this girl singing? And then I right. looked at my phone and I was like... <gasps> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't think that much of it if it hadn't, like, surprised me in this specific way. I totally agree. And it's I th- her I Know the End. Like, yeah, and, and I feel like... One of the things that I've also said about her are sort of like she only works with one producer. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can be really limiting for people. And if you just look at like artists who are continually evolving, they tend to be people who have a wide range of collaborators. Mm -hmm. And I think that what I was feeling was like, okay, like you're kind of making music that definitely has like changed, but it doesn't feel like you're making any like big steps in any direction. And at some point, for me at least, like, that other kind of music gets a little stale. And I think it almost feels like the song is, like, taking that criticism of the fact that she just kind of sings really softly. And she's like, fuck you guys, I can belt too. And she made this song, and it is great. And I really hope that she keeps... Pushing herself. Pushing herself. Because I think that this 
the result of it is like this incredible song that I love to listen to and especially love listening to with friends. Totally. So, okay. Um, my six, this is my, um, this, this is the award of, I was on a road trip for two months award. Uh-huh. And the song is like I used to by mm-hmm. Angel Ols- Olsen and Sharon Van Etten. This is an amazing song. Angel Olsen and Sharon Van Etten are both just like indie rock girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really, I, Angel Olsen has a couple of songs that I really, really like, but Sharon Van Etten is like an artist who I love and they have these, they, they only made this song together to my knowledge. I, I don't know of any further collaboration, but they sound incredible together. Yeah. I was so shocked that they had never worked together. Yeah. And they have sort of a similar, yeah, they occupy a similar space. Yeah. But this is just, uh, this is just an amazing rock song. And it makes me feel like I'm flying. And it was something that every single time I got into the car when I was on my road trip this year and I was driving like through the desert or through the mountains. Like this was one of those songs that I would always turn on and it just make reminds me of that. And it's just about nostalgia and it is just has this like huge driving like guitar choruses and mm-hmm. they both, their voices work so well together. And I, I just think that this is like a, just a knockout song. Yeah. That's a good song. Yeah. I, I really like it. Yeah. I don't have that much of an attachment to either of them, so I didn't. It, not, it didn't like hit hard for me, but I do. I do really like it. Cool. What about you? What's number six? My number six is my number one most played song on Spotify this year. It is "Wouldn't Come Back" by Truesdale. Truesdale is a is a band. It's three three girlies who I found on TikTok. They all are gorgeous and very talented, and they look like they're younger than us. Very brave accusation. They just. This is like. This is a song for the acapella community. I just want to say that. Like, it's the the song itself, the writing, it's not that revolutionary, but they just, like, harmonize so well together. Like, it's in three-part harmony pretty much the whole time. It's either in three-part harmony or in unison, which is, like, gorgeous. And then there's this build at the end that is, like, straight out of an ICCA performance. It's, like, these, like, these amazing, just, like, dissonances and then resolutions but all just like screlted and it's in like perfect lock it's just it's fantastic can i ask two questions yes for um those of us who are not a part of the aka community yeah what is the iccas and what is screlted <laughs> so icca the iccas are like the um the collegiate acapella competition like the pitch perfect and it's in pitch perfect they call it, it's the iccas that's like what they go to that's real? Yeah, that's real. My mouth is agape right now. Um, Skrelting is scream belting. But oh, the, my God. But, like, the thing with ICCAs is, like, it's it's become kind of homogenized. Like, the kinds of arrangements and songs that win on the... It's, like, it's hard to explain, but it's, like, a very specific, like, like sonic aesthetic. It, like, is, like, generically kind of, like, spooky. Like, the songs that do well are, like power ballad but like with the twist i don't know how to explain it no i but 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 the, the it's specifically this one build at the end of this song that is like I know perf- I know perfectly exemplary about. exemplary of what i'm talking about it's like crunchy but then it resolves in this really like pleasing way and it's like everyone that's singing is like at the very top of their range so it like comes out really powerful that's like a very like acapella thing not to get too inside baseball and acapella. <laughs> um, this is my like ninth reason. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, sorry everyone. It's a good song, by it's the way. Great, it's a for, great. For it's anyone, a great for anyone song. who's like me, who would have heard that and been like, "This is not a song for me." It is a very good song. Mm-hmm. I've heard it many times because you play it a lot. And also, just like a note that I have about this song is that like. For being a kind of, like, indie band, like, I don't think they're signed. Like, it's, like, remarkably well-produced. Oh, cool. Song. Yeah, it's no. It's just, like, very they're, well they're mixed. Great. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, totally agree with you. Anyway, that's my song. All right. Amazing. <laughs> What's your number five? My number five is Lost Ones by Jasmine Sullivan. That, okay. That came, that came out in, like, October 2020. But it's on the album. I know, but... It's okay. okay. It's okay. Okay. We, we're just, we're just going to do it. Yeah. This, this I want to say, I'm so sorry. Elon cheated, but that's okay. I cheated because I got my timeline wrong and I should have looked into it, but I was just, I was, 
as I said, I went through albums this year that I really liked, and this was the standout from this album for me. Completely. And I, I want to say, if if I, you know, did, had had decided to break the fucking rules like like Yelena had, this would absolutely be on my top ten. And so I'm really sorry. It's yeah, you should be. Actually. I actually feel because I was October, about to say it's fine, but it's not. You October be sorry. is a little too early. No, it it like it, it came out no. early enough to be on Pitchfork's 2020 list. No, I know, I know. It's you know what? So we're gonna almost say like I didn't have a five. Um, and we're gonna <laughs> but per- we're gonna talk about yeah. It. If if I had to slot if I had to slot something in in place of this, it would be Butter by BTS. <laughs> Not that it would be my number five song of the year, but sure. I would I would have it's slotted what, that in and bumped everything else. That song is fucking incredible. And um but sure. that song rocks and I am so sorry for being so ignorant about BTS until this year, and that's totally on me. Okay, okay. so I'm I'm Last gonna talk times. I'm gonna talk about this song. Um it is a twenty twenty song. It is on a twenty twenty one album, Hotels by Jasmine Sullivan. This song is fucking it's so fucking it's so good. beautiful. Um, this album is amazing. Album of the year, mm-hmm. kind of unanimously among critics, mm-hmm. and it is just so heartbreaking. The whole record of Hotels has like these little interludes where they have like someone speaking, and the the about romance, and the person who speaks before this is a queer woman, or at least a woman who's dating another woman. And so I think also just that framing within the context of the album made it feel more powerful to me because I care more about what gay people have to say than what (laughs) straight people have to say. And so I think even just like putting it through that lens made this song more effective for me. Yeah. And it's just heartbreaking. The production is so simple. It's just like a guitar. Yeah. And just that chorus, it's just like, don't have too much fun without me. And it's about fucking up and losing someone that you love. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about it because it was a 2020 song and that was no, it's okay. stupid of me. I forgive you, actually. But it was a 2021 album and it was a 2021 album that stuck with me. Yes, and I think same. I was looking through songs on this album and it was between this and Pick Up Your Feelings, which yep. I imagine might be on your list. or Not on my top ten, but okay. yeah. Well, which is an, an amazing song and is, I think, probably one of the big standouts from the album. But this was the one that just kind of like hit hit me. In a big way. Yeah. But my number five, speaking of being gay, is Bunny is a Writer by Caroline Polachek. Oh, my God. One, thi- a- one thing about Bunny is that she is a writer. That is one thing about Bunny. And who is Bunny? I don't know. To this day, don't know what this song's about. Caroline Polachek referred to this song as psychedelic sexy nonsense, which is what it is. I just think Caroline Polachek is like, what? it's just, she's one of the best artists that we have right now when it comes to, like making like forward thinking pop music because it's just like it's so simple the song is so sparse i like literally experience like gender euphoria listening to this song like it's it's like it's like when she's like i'm so non-physical i feel that okay can i say i also like i like this song was never gonna scrape my top 10 but i do like this (laughs) song and i have a lot of gan gay men in my life who really like this song (laughs) and i also do really like caroline polachek but i don't know if i've told you this what are you about to tell me no no no. it's it's not bad okay it's more of just like a funny anecdote about my relationship to this story as i don't know not a gay man or or my relationship to this song as not a gay man (laughs) So I was in New Orleans, Louisiana when the song came out mm-hmm. and I was with um, Lucy, my same sex ex partner and <laughs> Lucy's sister and also friend of the pod, Mickey. Yep. Um, and we were like driving somewhere, but I had seen that Caroline Polachek released a song and I was like, oh my God, Caroline Polachek released a song and I put it on and I've like never seen two more confused people. <laughs> Lucy and Mickey. Yeah, just like <laughs> listening to Bunny as a writer. And I, and I was like... And then, then they were like, well do, you, well, do you like this song? And I was like, that is a fabulous question. <laughs> um, I'm going to need to like look up the lyrics. And then I looked up the lyrics and I'm like, so Bunny is a writer? Yeah. So the whole thing is like anyone can be Bunny. <laughs> you're like you're looking at me and it's just like there's nothing behind my eyes like I don't but it is it's catchy and it's like I get no, it it's so good and what it's actually about is like is like doing everything you can to forget who you are yeah <laughs> this was also by the way guys Pitchfork's number one al- song of the year and so, that was so pleasing so I, so I just want to say like I'm not I'm I'm in the the, um, the minority the here. minority here of of 
people who are really and it's again like it's not like i really like caroline polachek i also think this is a good song i think it's like fun and stupid but it's just like so funny to me that it's like one of the songs of the year and not a single person knows a damn thing about what it's about (laughs) i love it i love it who is bunny Literally anyone. She's a writer. She's a writer. That is one thing. That is one thing about her. One thing I know about Bunny. She's a writer. She's a writer. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what's your number four? So, my number four, which is a song that has already come up, is "Hot and Hot Heavy." Hot and Heavy. Love that song by Lucy Dacus. This is just a great song. It's so fucking good. Um, I heard it for the first time while I was waiting in the 15-minute observation area after getting my first vaccination. So to say that it marked a turning point is true. That's so huge. Yeah. This is a song that is just... I feel gender euphoria when I hear this song. Yeah, kind of same. Yeah. It makes me want to be making out in my basement as a teenager. Mm -hmm. It makes me want to be like... Perks of being a wallflower style out of the roof of the car, feeling warm wind on my face. Right. It makes me wish I could have been in love at 17 and that societal forces were not pushing me away from my ability to understand myself at that time. Right. <laughs> and it reminds me of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Just, it's just the glittery guitars and mm. just like a driving chorus. And it's the so. Bass drum just like. Yeah. Boom, boom. It's so fun to listen to. It is unbelievably catchy. Yeah, for me, this song, it's like... Okay, there's something about, like, the queerness that's, like, in this song that I relate to in a very specific way. I don't, like... So, basically, like, the the, the concept of this song is, like, there's this person that Lucy has, like, had a relationship with and, like, the, the language that she uses to describe this person is, like, a hidden gem, diamond in the rough. But it's a retrospective look at the relationship. Now this person is, like, a fire that can't be tamed and, like, a, you're a firecracker on a crowded street. This person has, like, come into their own. And now she's kind of like, oh, like, what about me? Like, I knew you when. And, like, I don't know. I, I don't relate to this song. Like, it, I don't have any scenario that is, like, specifically that. But I, so I'm someone that came out pretty early. And so, like, most of the queer people in my life that I consider, like, close, close personal friends are people that I, like, knew, Ilana included, (laughs) are people that I, like, knew when they were closeted and, like, still dealing with figuring that out. And, like, there's this really bittersweet feeling where, like, you, you knew this person while they were, like, totally going through it. And, like, that's a specific relationship dynamic that you get used to. And, like, when that switch happens and they start living this, like, vibrant queer life, that shifts a relationship. And that changes the dynamic of a relationship. And, like, I know for me, I have felt for a while, like, because I came out so early, I'm so used to, like, being gay and not being able to be gay. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of people in my life figure out they're gay and then, like, can just be gay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that was my experience. Right. And, and, like, there can be a hundred people. You come out in college Um, and it's a totally different environment than coming out in high school. Yeah, or whatever. Like, there, there is this feeling of, like, almost being left behind, but also you're proud of them and you're like, oh my god, this is so amazing. Like, I knew them when, but also, like, it's this, like, bittersweet kind of sad feeling. And I think that this song, like, yeah, gets at that in, like, a very big way. Totally. I mean, the song isn't explicitly queer, but I definitely think it's, like, a very easy thing to track queerness onto. And yeah. I definitely did. And this album has a lot of those themes, so it's not just, like, coming out of left field and she, Lucy Davis yeah. is a queer woman. But I think that, like, there's, like, the line in it that's, um, you were a secret to yourself you couldn't keep from anyone else. Like, right. you know, it's, it's very, like, it's about someone coming into their own in some way and that... Yeah. I agree, and I love this song, and I thought that was very thought. I really like that. Thanks. Yeah, great. Anyway, all right. Should I go with the, we're kind of rounding into the top three? I still have to do my fourth. Oh my god, crazy! So sorry. speaking of being gay, oh no, my my four is you're gonna laugh at this. It's Angel Baby by Troye Sivan. Listen. That, you know what? That's fine. I totally, <laughs> that's totally like listen. Listen. Here's the thing. The thing about me is that I love Troye Sivan, but 
it's not in a horny way. And I want to be clear about that. He, he's too much. He's Troy not Savan, have enemy Troy, on his bones. Troy Savon, beautiful person. I'm not attracted to him even one iota. I'm attracted to him in one iota, but not more no, than that. One iota and that's fine. <laughs> that's it. I just like really like his music. And I think he's like a dynamic personality and I like him. This song is straight up, it's just like a love song. Nothing crazy about it. Nothing even like particularly gay about it. Just, like, it's just a love song, but it's, like, a completely new vibe for Troy. He usually makes kind of, like, moody, horny pop music that's, like, kind of, like, spooky a little bit. But this is, like, a power ballad, like, anthem. It's a a great song. Which he, like, doesn't really do. And it's, like, filled with, like, the, like, cheesy 80s drums and, like, the synth that they use. It's just, like, it's straight out of, like... I don't like like Celine Dion could sing it. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, and it's also just a bop, and I really fun to sing along to. And I, th- I wish it got more like press. I feel like it didn't. I did, yeah, it didn't it, get it didn't, more. It wasn't a huge song, but and I do because like it's it. not. There's nothing revolutionary about it. I just like really liked it. Yeah, and it, like made it into my rotation in a big way. When gay people talk about God, that's radical. That's radical, and he doesn't even really talk about God. Well, that's kind of a stretch, but yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I like that. Cool. So my number three, yeah, is Seventeen by Indigo Great D'Souza. Song. This, uh, by the way, spoiler alert: we will talk about in the um, mm-hmm. album cat the album section. But this is my album of the year: is Any Shape You Take by Indigo D'Souza. This is the opening song to this album, and kind of by virtue of that, also the song I listen to the most on it. Mm-hmm. But it is also possibly my favorite song on the whole album. It is just this like gorgeous hyper poppy but not like hyper pop sort of in the way that her voice is modulated a little bit and some of the production but it's not like maximalist in any way and not at all and it builds really slowly it it like goes from a place of feeling just sort of like a sparse introduction song to like a true bop that you can listen to with anybody it's another big song that i feel like we were playing when we were going out places and doing things and i just simply love it me too it's like it's it's far and away my favorite song on that album. Yeah, I love that song. It's just it's like so fun. And it's, it draws you in in such a good way because of this like slow build that happens. It's like it's a perfect opener. Yeah, I love it's openers so to albums yeah, too, too. As a general rule, I feel like this like puts you in a really good spot. And I I just I love this song. If you have not heard it, you should listen. If you have not heard this album, you should listen to it. But mm-hmm. thankfully, this is the first song on it, so you don't have to dig too deep to get there. And I. Couldn't recommend it enough. And it also just reminds me of, like, being with people. and Yeah, very good. It's also another thing I want to say is that I appreciate it when you have a musician like Indigo D'Souza, who one of the things that is really great about her is she does have a very, very good singing voice. Mm-hmm. But this is, like, a pretty auto-tuned, like, her voice is modulated in it. And I think when you're able to create good music that even takes away one of the things that you're good at or plays with that. Totally. Um, I think it's just cool when artists are able to do that and show, like, that, you know, it's not just one thing that makes the music that she's making interesting. It's kind of her ability to craft good songs, uh, aside from the fact that she has a voice that can really carry, that does, I think, carry quite a few songs in this album. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad you put that song in there. Amazing. What's your number three? My number three is also from my album of the year. It's Sexy Villain by Remy Wolf. I was really happy you put a Remy, a Remy yeah. song on here. So every song on this album is good, but this is just like the one that like, one of the ones that like really just gets me going. And it's a perfect representation of like who Remy is and like what she's good at. It's like there are these really awesome like harmony moments and like the vocal performance is fantastic and it's really groovy and it's sexy and it's got this like really smart and really like like effective funk inspired groove there's like weird cultural references that don't make any fucking sense like cheat on chester fuck with fritos means that she's like choosing fritos over cheetos because chester the cheetah is the is the love it's like and but like that has nothing to do with the song it's it's it's, it's just like sounds fun yeah but then, like, content-wise, it's about, like, romanticizing destructive behavior as, like, a way of coping. But, like, that doesn't even really matter. It's just, like, very, very cool and very fun. 
Yeah, I love this song. If I had to pick a song from this album, which I was on the fence about, um, it would probably not be this one. But yeah, I think that this, I think that you're right, though. This encapsulates a lot of what's good about this album. It kind of is dealing with these like sort of serious themes, but in a way that's like very playful and very kind of weird. And kitschy. And yeah. It's great. It's just it's a great song. Great yeah. choice. And catchy and fun. To I was too. relying on you to put a Remy, a Remy song on here. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, what's your number two, baby? Okay, I have a concern about my number two because I think it might end up ultimately revealing your number one based just kind of on our track record at this moment. Okay. Because my number two song of the year is... And it is your number one. Okay. Um, so we're going to pause that. Thankfully, we'll talk about that last, so that will be perfect because that is yeah. definitely average-wise our highest song. Yeah. Okay, okay, what's your number two? My number two is... To Be Loved by Adele. I also put some money on you putting this on your list because I wanted to talk about it as well, but it just wasn't going to be... I just felt like I didn't have enough time. We talked about this already in the pod, so we don't need to, like, rehash it, like, completely again. But I just think this is, like, a revolutionary song for Adele. And, like, it is the magnum opus of her magnum opus. She sheds everything, all vocal production, all editing, and it's just, like... Even, like, melody, like, she's not even, like... Like, there is, obviously, the song has a melody, but there's nothing, like, melodically about the song that is, like, part of why it's good. It's just the way she portrays the emotion, her voice, she uses it exactly how she needs to, exactly how she wants to, and the melody is, like, crafted so that she can do that. It's, like, not even about the melody. Yeah. It's such a fucking good Adele song. I mean, this is just a, a barn mm. burner, truly. It's an incredible yeah. song. One of the best vocal recorded vocal performances I've ever heard. Yeah, brilliant. Shame that we're never going to actually get to hear it yeah, live, but fucked, that's but okay, and I celebrate her in that way. Yeah, we celebrate her. We do. All right. Okay. What's your number one? Ilana? So my number one song of the year, I had to do some some searching for this. So when I was thinking through, like, what my number one song of the year was. I, I, I kind of just had to think, like, what song sort of captured this year for me the most? And this mm-hmm. was a, a tough year for me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It was probably the worst I've ever been mental health-wise for a chunk of time. I had this, like, very weird stretch of bad things happen to me at the end of this last year mm-hmm. that I we might have talked about on the pod, but I don't know. My car got stolen. For those <laughs> for, for, for anyone who hasn't heard, my car got stolen. And... But but one of the things that has been really good is that when I was dealing with my, like, big, my BGE, my big depressive episode, mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling things when I was listening to music. And that mm-hmm. was one of the harder and sadder parts of this year for me is, you know, like, for me, I, the one of the ways that I actually, like, recognize my interaction with music changing when I'm feeling depressed is that I'm just not listening to it as much because the classic depression thing, you're not really liking the things you normally like. And for me, like I was really struggling to just enjoy the music that I was listening to or feel anything from it. And that was really hard. And it made me almost like avoid listening to albums because I was like, it was making me so sad. Yeah. And this song was a song that when I came back from my trip and I was just driving alone in my car and I heard it for the first time, I like had this like beautiful euphoric moment and I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm back a little bit because I'm loving this. And that song is Valentine. Oh, Snail duh! Mail. Yeah. Ugh. So Valentine by Snail Mail. This is just like, I really like Snail Mail and her hits are like just huge hits. This is just a, a quintessential Snail Mail song. It, it, is very well written. It has this huge chorus that you can just scream and makes me feel powerful. And it's like this angry heartbreak song. I mean, this whole album is devastating. Yeah. And it's also like Snail Mail is a queer woman. And even though it's like, I don't think she's like using any pronouns in this, but it is just like nice to know that that is like where this is coming from. It makes me feel closer to it. And Mm Yeah, it just and it also just like on a personal level was a song that made me feel like really reconnected to what I love about music. And that was like I like I remember where I was and where I was driving and like what time of the day it was and I was just like, "Oh, this song is so good." And I never ever listen to songs on loop. Like it's just not part of my consumption habits, but mm-hmm. I like just listen to this song over and over and over again because when it that chorus hits for the first time, you oh, just yeah. feel 
Yeah, it just is everything I love about music. It's, yeah, it's so cathartic. It's incredibly cathartic. Great word. It's so, just like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you put that there. Great. That was pretty high on my, like, big list. Okay, great. I love I love that song. Okay. Okay. So it's time to get down to business. Should we do it? My number one, Elon's number two. Is. One, two, three. Silk! Chiffon! So good. By Muna, featuring. Featuring Phoebe Bridgers. Phoebe. What is there to say about this song? So, okay, personally, the listeners of the pod may know this. I forget if we talked about it. Muna's my favorite band. They've never made a bad song. The best concert I've ever been to is a Muna concert. Just, I fucking love them. And so I was very excited when I heard that they had signed to Satisfactory, which is Phoebe's label that she owns through Dead Oceans, which is her label. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh my God, wow, that's very cool. And then Muna tweets a photo of Katie Gavin, the lead singer, from the back in a cheerleading outfit and a suitcase against a house with people dressed in pink on one side and people dressed in blue on another. But the gay people that are listening to this, they know that that's a but I'm a cheerleader reference. So I'm like, oh my God, Moon is putting out a song featuring Phoebe Bridgers and the video is going to be referencing but I'm a cheerleader. And that was huge for the US community. Enormous. It was enormous for the US community. So we were like, this song is going to be amazing. And then it was. It's so good. And then it was amazing. This song is just fun and gay. It's fun and it's stupid, but it's well written. But it's also like kind of not. Stu- I mean, okay. Like, no, it's yes, not stupid. It's, it's not stupid. stupid. It's stupid, but it's like sweet. Like okay, yeah. so, so like one, we have Phoebe singing about women. Finally. Which is deserved. Which is Because huge. if you're going to be a bisexual icon, show me the receipt. <laughs> and it's obviously a bop. Huge for girly singing together vibes. Yeah, absolutely a fun song to sing with people. It was just like constructed to make you feel good in the way the video is amazing. It's like it's just so fun. It's so easy. The the hook is great. Like every section of the song is perfect. But I also think it's like an underrated song when it comes to like the actual content, like specifically in its queerness. Like I think it's like a first of all the line the line that we don't talk about enough is downtown cherry lipstick. That's hot. It's, I That's mean, the, so fucking hot. As as the gummin of the pod, <laughs> the gay woman, um, I have to say, like, I love queer media. I love queer people. Even cringy queer people. Mm-hmm. I still will stand in solidarity with. And I think that sometimes, like, there's a certain genre of like queer woman music that's like very girl in red or like mm-hmm. early king princess that's like girls are so soft and beautiful and I'm obsessed with them. Um, and so I think that there was like this small part of me going into this that was going to be like, okay, like talking about girls being soft, like whatever, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. But the song is amazing. And then when we saw Muna play, um, they opened for Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. I behaved fairly <laughs> when this song came out, when, the, when they played this song. First of all, all of the members of this band are so hot. They're so hot. And they're hot in like three kind of distinctly different ways. Yeah. And like... They were awesome live, and, like, I just feel like there are just so few songs that are, like, like, yeah, like, Downtown Cherry Lipstick, it's, like, so hot. Like, the the Phoebe line, when when they're, the, th- this line. When she turns around halfway down the aisle with that you're on camera smile like she wants to try me on. And also the way Phoebe the de- fuck? the way Phoebe <laughs> delivered because I in the video in the video her little, her little smile the way she that she says looks that. at the camera feral I famously am not attracted to women and that's hot yeah I just think like the lyrics are so like evocative of like it's almost like an ode to like the aesthetics of queerness while also like talking about also just sex. the chorus being life so fun life so fun got right. my min- or the, I guess it's the pre-chorus but got my mini skirt and my roller that's like kind of what I mean like it's like it's yeah, like, it's, like- it's, it's, it's not even about like this specific there's nothing specific about this song it's almost just like an ode to just sort of like being gay and in love being a gay person in public and having fun with your gay friends like right, got my like, mini skirt my rollerblades on bag on my side because I'm out till dawn, dawn. Keeping it light. Keeping it light like social fun. It's like life's so fun. Yeah. I'm in love. Life is so fun. And I feel like, but I feel like a lot of the like explicitly queer music that you hear, it's either like a, a love song that's just kind of like about a person who like a, about a queer love interest, or it's about like the existential pain of being gay. Right. This is like not. It's, like, it's about it's about gay sex. It's about kind of. It's about gay sex 
Yeah, no, it, well, it is. It's like it's like when she's on me. when she's on me. Yeah. But it, it's but it's like, but it's all just like about like being gay is fun, right? And that's I, the whole thing with. But I'm a cheerleader, also. Like, yeah, it's like, like to also clarify to those listening because I feel like this is important. But I'm a cheerleader is a movie from I believe the early 2000s that. Yeah. Features Natasha Leone and Clea Duvall, which if you're listening and you don't know who those people are, like Natasha Leone is straight, but they're both people who have like, who are very in queer film. Yeah. And it's about a girl who is a cheerleader who's is a lesbian and like everyone susses out that she's a lesbian and they send her to gay conversion camp, which is obviously like conversion camp is a very dark and upsetting thing that is happening, but it's not... It's it's a very it's it's, and it's incredibly camp. It's very lighthearted. There isn't anything like violent explicitly happening. It's like it's not like it doesn't actually it's not it's not actual conversion camp. It's not dealing right. with any of those subjects and it it, it like makes queerness seem desirable. Yeah. It makes like the people who are gay and dealing with this like seem like people who will have happy and good lives and like I feel like that is like so fun to like listen to the song. I mean to be like life's so fun life's so fun and it's like yeah life is fun like i'm a happy queer adult and i have queer friends and that makes my life better i i'm happy that this is my life yeah this song makes me so happy yeah it's such a good song it is really nice when you hear hearing queer content especially queer content about queer women it's so rarely happy yeah like it does not ever make me feel good right there's so little content about like queer happiness yeah ever like literally and and this is just like a song there's there's just it's just there's no conflict there's no strife it's just like i'm like out with my friends and i'm gonna kiss this girl right and who's soft yeah yeah anyway i'm glad that we land i think i think we kind of that was a really nice like way to end it yeah way to like yeah we landed the plane on it of 2021. Yeah. Sam, any closing thoughts on just kind of the music of 2021 or? Um, I would say Floppiana. It was a little bit of a Floppiana year. Yeah. But I don't know. I I think we, there were some good things that came out of it. This is the year for like easy music. I agree. And I feel like most of what we talked about was like pretty easy. Easy music and friend listening. Yeah. Getting to be with friends again and getting to listen to music again has actively improved the quality of my life. Totally. Um, I agree. And getting to listen to music with you. Yeah. We're holding hands. We're holding hands. All right. Well, stay tuned for our albums episode, which should be coming out soon. Very quickly after this. It is already recorded. Mm-hmm. Have a wonderful and safe new year. We you will too. be back mid January with something, depending on TBD. TBD, depending on what comes out. Yep. <laughs> anyway, okay. LOL, lots of love. <laughs> and um, we hope that, you know, press that follow button on Spotify. Et cetera, et cetera. Oh, et cetera. Okay. Bye. Bye.